Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Guess what I'm wearing right now? It's probably better than the underwear you're wearing. Unless, of course, you're also wearing Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon rules. It's a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Been talking about them for years on this show because I really believe in them. Not only do Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. It means they eliminate odor. Guess what? When Jared and I went to London, we shared an Airbnb he, as one sometimes does, left a little laundry on the floor. I said, that's a pair of Mack Weldon's. I'm going to bring those home, wash them for my friend Jared and give them back because I know he'd do the same for me because Mack Weldon is a quality product. You bring that back across the pond. You want 20% off your first order? Visit MacWeldon.com. Enter promo code BEAUTIFUL at checkout. Do you have diabetes or know someone who does? Check out One Drop Diabetes Management for the 21st century. One Drop's glucose monitor is sleek and compact, and strips are delivered right to your door. Use the award winning One Drop app to track your blood sugar, food, meds, and activity. Plus, get 24 7 access to your very own certified diabetes coach. Learn more at getonedrop.com. Use code STORIES to save 20%. Hello to all my full-time engineers and part-time ninjas. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hey, everybody. It's Chris Gethard. Welcome to another episode. Beautiful honest. Big news for you. Don't hit that 15-second forward button. Don't you do it. I got big news for you, okay? Stitcherpremium.com slash stories. Use the promo code stories. You get a free month of Stitcher Premium. And guess why I'm plugging it now? We got a new companion series dropping this week. Beautiful follow-ups. Starting this Friday, November 9th. These are eight episodes. We're going to release one a week for the next eight weeks. They are with callers you have heard before. Follow-up calls with prior callers so we can see how they're doing sometimes years later at this point and uh, so excited about it and remember Stitcher Premium all the episodes are ad free that's our back catalog current episodes you can listen to those ad free Uh, you got a whole bunch of old touring shows that you can listen to that only live on Stitcher Premium and now the beautiful follow up so I am comfortable saying that especially with that promo code that gets you the free month good value for your money as a beautiful and honest fan stitcherpremium.com slash stories promo code stories Other big news, this episode's dropping Tuesday, November 6th. Well, guess what? Wednesday, November 7th, New York City, we got a live taping, baby, in Manhattan. This is going to be big. It's part of the New York Comedy Festival. It's on a stage sponsored by Conan O'Brien, Team Coco. That's one of my heroes. I need everybody to come out, come correct. We're going to have a party. Live show. We always have fun with these things. New York, you've always shown up for me. It's my home base. I love this town for a reason. ChrisGeth.com has the ticket links for that. And I mentioned it's Tuesday, November 6th. That means it's voting day in the States. If you're a U.S. listener, go out and vote before work or on your lunch break or after work. Just please exercise that 
that privilege, that right, that honor that we're so lucky to have. Go out and vote. It's a really important thing to do today. And I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. That's up for you. That's up to you. It's not my place. You guys all know my opinions, but don't not vote. Don't throw away your vote. Go out and vote. It's funny too. I came, it ties into the call you're about to hear. I came in to the studio today. Jared and Harry told me, hey, there's a voicemail that was left a while back. And uh, it was actually left right after the 2016 election. They said, we think it might be interesting to talk to this person right now on the, on the precipice of the midterm elections. And I could see why right away. You'll hear the voicemail in the course of the call. And you'll see this is a mom. This is a real human being. This is a mom trying to raise some kids in the modern climate and everything that that entails and how tumultuous it can be. And her kids are living a life experience that maybe is not the same exact one she walked as, as she grew up. And that's hard to sort out. It's hard to figure out how to raise kids in the world today, especially when they might be facing some issues that come up that you didn't have to face. How do you have those conversations? What are those conversations? It's really eye-opening and, and such a massive reminder to me that like this show always reminds me, people are people trying to get by. Can we put away the histrionics and, and all, the, all, all the panic and the terror that come with uh, thinking about these big issues and just remember them on a very human level. That's what this caller does such a good job of today, reminding us what it's like to be a mom right now in this world. I enjoyed this conversation so much. I feel lucky that I got to have it, and I hope you enjoy it too. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, let's see. I always like to answer uh, honestly. I'm going to go ahead and say this. I'm good. That's my honest answer today. I'm doing pretty good. That's good. So How about you? That happens. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to sit and think of anything that's bad and stressing me out. And I said, uh, you know what? I think right now in this moment, I'm actually able to focus on the small positives in my life. I'm good. I'm good. That's good. That's good. And how are you? I am nervous <laughs> and um, excited to talk to you. I like always kind of like envisioned having like having these conversations with you by myself, and so now that it's like actually happening, and <laughs> it's like kind of surreal. Oh well. I'm just some guy. I'm just some guy in a plaid button-down shirt, like every other guy <laughs> in his thirties. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Except you're Chris, so. Yeah, but that's. What does that mean, really? <laughs> I'm just. I tell you, I, I trip over my own shoelace on a daily basis. I'm nothing. I think people like me because I'm not special in any way. I think that's why people like me. I don't think I've ever heard anybody on a call say this, but like, it's a little bit hard to hear you. Oh, really? Oh, no. Yeah. I <laughs> wonder if there's anything we can... Uh, Jared's giving me the one-second sign. I bet we can maybe turn me up in your in your ear. I bet we can crank the volume. Much better. Oh, so much better. Look at that. Good old Jared O'Connor. The hero. The hero. The silent yes, hero. Thank behind. you. He's the one you should really be scared of, by the way. You're nervous <laughs> about me. Nope. Jared's the guy who really calls the shots around here. Now, I should say, I don't know anything 
about your call. Apparently, you left a voicemail a while back. Um, I did. We did. I haven't heard it. We were going to play it now. Happy to edit it out later if you're like, eh, maybe don't put it in. But uh, Jared and Harry thought it would be a good idea to just put it out there for context of why we got in touch today. So I think we're going to do that now. All right. It's been a while, so I don't remember what I said. That's fair. We'll, we'll all figure it out together. All right. <laughs> I'm driving to work crying after this election. I have three black black boys, four, three, and one, and I just don't know how to raise them in this world today. I have no one to share this sadness with. I wish the world knew how that Hello? Hello. That was intense. Wow. <laughs> that was an intense call. Yeah. Yeah. I still feel that way. Well, let's talk about it because it, okay, this makes sense. It makes sense to me why, uh, why this one was brought up as a good one for today because I think we're actually going to be releasing this episode on, on Tuesday, which is the day of the midterm elections, which I think is, I think for any international listeners, I think a lot of us Americans are saying the 2016 election, very shocking. A lot of people were blown away by it. In a positive way, a lot of people were blown away by it in a negative way. I don't think anybody just said, oh, this seems like a normal average election in American history. I think a lot of us in America are viewing the midterm elections that are just about to happen as we're taking this as our first chance to kind of see which way our country is going to head. Is it going to course correct back towards what we were used to? Is it going to dive further into something we're not used to? So this makes sense that we would talk now. So how are you doing? You were very upset during your call. How are you doing today? Just in a general human-to-human level. How are you? How are you feeling? Oh, now I'm sad. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. It made you sad again. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. Um, I find it really difficult to, um, especially, I think, where I live, um, to have honest and open conversations about the politics of it and um, the race aspect of it. And um, just, I don't say these things out loud very often because I don't know that the people that I'm talking to can have any empathy. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I'm pretty sure that they don't because they never bring it up. <laughs> um so, like, for some context, my, my sons are the only, well, they all go to different schools, actually, now, but in um, in, in my oldest son's class, he's the only non, um, non-white non person in his class, and maybe of just one or two in the whole school, um, and so I, I don't think that people understand um, kind of the fear around Raising black boys today, right? And are you are you African American as well? No, <laughs> I'm white, but my, and my husband is black. Okay, okay. Well, this is my ex. Oh, your <laughs> ex, black. your ex. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Um, what's coming to mind first is just crazy timing because, like, I think it was like two or three nights ago. I woke up from like a nightmare, and I don't usually like remember them, but it was so traumatizing. I was like at a neighbor's talking or chatting, which would never happen because. I live in a very rural community, so it's not like you're, like, across the street chatting very often. But in the dream I was, and my middle son came running. He was like, come home. You have to come home. And I was like, what's going on? Like, worried. And I got there, and the police were, like, assaulting my six-year-old, like, the six-year-old version, like, him. And I was, like, standing on the, the like, side of the road screaming, and nothing. It's like, oh, it's invisible. Wow. Wow, that's a uh, what a horrible what a horrible thing to have pop into your head. Yeah, in a dream, it was it was so it felt so real. I don't know, it's scary. You're in a very you're you're in a very very unique situation. It sounds like just as I piece together the the puzzle pieces of what you're telling me. So you live in a very rural, largely white community. Um, I would say maybe not rural, rural. There's like, you know, <laughs> maybe suburban. <laughs> right, right. But very white. You said very white? Yeah. And you're, you're a Caucasian lady. I am. But you've got to look out for your sons who don't fit that mold. What a what a crazy headspace you've had to be in for the past few years, huh? Yeah. It's scary because, like, I don't really have, I don't necessarily think I have, like, the toolbox, um, like, at, at my hands right now to, like, do the best job that needs to be done. Like, it's like an unwritten script, I think, of, like, what the right thing to do is. Right. Right. And you feel like you call you called after the 2016 election clearly very scared and sad which I understand maybe just walk me through what have the realities been you called and left that voicemail when things were theoretically very scary in your mind over the past two years how have things played out I'm sure some things have fulfilled your fears I'm sure other things maybe have not just in a wide open way like what's it what's it been like this past couple of years um I think I I think Oh my gosh, I think so many things, but like the main thing that is coming to mind is like how separate I feel everybody is and like that did come true and I feel like in my community, I don't feel like maybe a part of it the same way that I might have before. Um, my, my oldest, he was going to kindergarten like last year after the election and um he came home from school and he said, um, you know, he, he was having a bad day, so I asked what was wrong. And um, he said, so-and-so on the bus said that he needed to change his skin color, his eye color, his hair type, and his nose. And he was sad because he didn't know how to do that. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, my God. And he was five. <laughs> this was another kid said this to him? Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. like that story. I do not I like know. that story. Great. But and I, I knew like I, I know like that, like I know where we live and like 
I just thought we had more time without really having to, like, you know, face these kind of issues. And, like, what do I say? Do I go to the teacher? Do I go to the bus garage? Do I go to the other kids' parents? Like, what's the right thing to do? Like, how do we... Yeah. What did you wind up doing? Um, I ended up emailing his teacher and explaining what happened. And um, she was, you know, empathetic and said that they would have, um, it was a student in a different grade. Um, so she said that their great kindergarten and first grade and third, uh, second grade would all have like a lesson on um, diversity and inclusion. <laughs> right. Um, which is that a, about it. that's a nice step, but I would have to imagine as a mom, there must is is there a sense of is there, there must be a little bit of panic in that moment of like, okay, they're having a diversity uh, workshop, which clearly in well, and it clearly refers to my kid and my my yeah. kid and maybe one or two other people tops. Is it just going to shine more of a spotlight? Yeah, and like, is that going to make my own son feel uncomfortable? Um, yeah, I, that's why I say when I don't know what the right thing to do is sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I have to also, I'll just, add, I'm just going to ask this and I'm not, I'm not making any assumptions, not making any judgments. So your ex, you mentioned your ex, mm-hmm. is this someone who is still in your life, still in the kids' lives? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Cause I was going to yeah. say it, it must be. It must be particularly head spinning to be raising minority children when you are not of that minority. It must, there must be questions they have that you can try to answer, but it, it, it's it must be difficult at times. It must be a, it must be a very confusing thing. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. I um, wish that he maybe took more of a proactive role. I think kind of a very laid back person and I don't think really maybe has a full understanding of like the impact that um, they're going to experience. He's actually, he's from Africa. So, or Kenyan. But so I think he grew up in a different kind of um, experiencing race very differently. Um, so I don't wow. know that he has like maybe the, you know, experience around these kind of growing up, to, you know, in the, in the way the kids will. I feel like, I feel like everything you're telling me about your family and how you guys came together, it's like, to me, it's everything that's beautiful about the promise of America and also hearing hearing the fear and, and, and pain that it brings up is also everything that's dark about that dream as well. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because my, my family supports Trump. And, oh boy, uh, that's got yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Now there's Trump. There's people who support Trump who listen to this show, and I will say, uh, I will say that I am not someone who judge judges humans as humans. But I also am not. I'm I'm officially at the point of the show where I'm not going to bite my tongue and pretend that this is not a terrifying, terrifying person and terrifying leader, terrifying excuse for a leader. These are my personal opinions, and it sounds like you, uh, you. Maybe share some of that. Uh, like I, I, in like my in my own kind of beliefs, I kind of separate conservatism and Republicans with 
Trump. Like, to me, those are two different, or, you know, very different. And so, like, I um, have conservative friends. I have Republican friends, and we all get along great. But when it comes to him specifically, I just feel like he's not a great representation of those um, those previous beliefs that yeah. they all adhere to. But, like, more specifically when it comes to, like, my dad and my sister supporting him, I, I understand, like, when maybe you don't have any contacts or, like, specific direct um, relationship to some to people who will be impacted, maybe it's easier to distance yourself from that impact. But they have um, family, right, who are directly impacted by him, and they don't have any, they don't make the, the connection. Wow. So they, they will support him blindly, and then you're sitting there going, but this, uh, this, this stuff at the very least, least scares people exactly like your own grandkids. Yeah. yeah that's, I'm, that's re- I'm really sorry. It's kind of crazy. Because I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I tell you, I'm a pretty progressive guy, but I'm also someone who, for most of my life, I, always, I was like, I don't know if the Democratic Party's so great either. I just, my values yeah. lean that way more. But there, and, and, and there were, there are people in my life who I think are conservative or Republicans, people in my family. But there is a difference between people who are like, I think people, I think the government should be smaller and people who would say, yeah, and what, oh, Charlottesville, bad people on both sides, which implies well, good people on both sides. You know, there's a difference between, you know, Republican, the Republican Party that I think we all grew up with and a president mm-hmm. who is its figurehead who says that the media is the true enemy of the people after after a journalist for the Washington Post got uh got killed and dismembered in Saudi Arabia. Like this is there's a whole level of hysteria that goes beyond anything that we're used to. Scary stuff. I, I totally agree. And I think one of the um so I can easily separate um Trump from the party and conservatism. But what I have trouble with, like, day-to-day is, like, the cognitive dissonance that it takes <laughs> for Republicans not to say anything about what is actually happening and just giving, like, an open path to, like, whatever happens. Yeah. At the expense of, like, your neighbor and your your people you go to church with and the people you go to school with and... It's like it's yeah. not really happening. It's uh, it's weird, and I, I say that, I say that I'm not someone. I'm totally with you, and I also it, here's the thing that's been getting me mad. This goes for both parties, and I, I, it, it, it's like, it, absolutely, it, it's like if you don't stand up against all the really psychotic parts of it, then you're complicit in them. Like it's great, you want tax breaks. We can fight about tax breaks. We want all day at in Congress and at corner bars. That's one thing, but but to have kids in tents 
is in what world do tax break well we got the tax breaks we wanted so we're not going to mention that but it's the democrats too man like i'll tell you something i'm from new jersey and i am i am completely flummoxed i don't know if you follow i've been following politics i think a lot of us follow it more closely but mm-hmm. there's been a senator <laughs> senator bob menendez my whole life he's the choice that they're still putting out he's been the democratic senator forever and this guy might lose a senate seat in a very important year on tuesday but a lot of it is why did they not remove it why did the democratic party this guy has been brought up on like Massive corruption charges. There was a hung jury. Some somebody gave him all these weird flights to like Caribbean countries, where it's like, well, what were you flying down there for on other people's dime on these <laughs> secret trips? And this is the option you give us. And I got to vote for this guy just because he supposed he represents the party, but clearly doesn't represent my values. And I'm able to separate in that in my mind. I'm able to look at that and go, I'm a Jersey guy as big as it gets. Everybody on the show has heard me talk about it forever. This guy's bad news. Why the fuck is he the option they're giving us? I got to vote for the bad news guy and pretend that that the party overruns the bad news. No, and I think that the same goes for the Republican side of things too. There's kids in fucking tent cities. What are we doing? What are we doing? No, we're not marching. I know. I'm scared to <clears throat> I'm scared to even put it out there. It's I know. Such a I think, scary world. I don't. I don't speak very often about politics because I feel like I. I just. I don't know enough. I don't um, want to get in any conflicts or anything. So I just don't say anything. But I feel like people on the far right and people on the far left—they have no fear about being wrong or saying the wrong thing or making people upset or creating conflict and it's just all of us in the middle who have this kind of like angst about (laughs) speaking out we just don't say anything and let the far left and the far right speak (laughs) amongst like without us without our perspectives yeah because it's crazy shit i'll because i'll go on record i saw that video of that guy richard spencer getting punched in the face and I saw everybody on Facebook, all my friends, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I got no problem. I think Nazis, if you go out and you say I'm a Nazi, yeah, you probably should get punched in the face. But I also think there's a world in which uh, which you go, well, if just be, if you're, if you think your beliefs are so correct that they beget violence and justify violence, there's other people who think that too. And I think it's probably just on my end, a better policy to go, no, nobody should get punched in the fucking face over politics. I, I don't think that, that you can be screaming until you're red in the face, and you, but I don't, I don't think it, internet meme videos of people getting punched is not, to me, actual change that has a lasting effect of the type I desire, personally. That being said, if you're a Nazi, yeah, maybe you need to get knocked in the fucking head a little bit, but I don't know if that needs to be maybe. the political rallying cause that we all gleefully gloat over. And let's go ahead and pause it right there. That, we all need to take a breath. We all know that video gets people worked up. What I just said might even get some people who I, uh, who, who believe in the same stuff I do, man. So then it's nobody getting mad. We'll be right back with more phone call. It's the morning. You're out of bed. This day's got to get started, but you're sluggish. Maybe you didn't get the full eight hours last night. You need that energy boost. What's the best way to get it? Is it coffee? I don't know. Maybe if you're uh, living in the past. But if you're living in the present, let alone the future, 
There's a new way to enjoy your daily cup of joe, thanks to Cafe Monster. Available in vanilla, mocha, salted caramel. Cafe Monster shaking up the ready-to-drink coffee category with indulgent gourmet coffee that's only 190 calories. Not to mention, there's 150 milligrams of caffeine in there. From coffee beans, B vitamins, coffee fruit extract, Cafe Monster offers a simplified energy blend that contains a third less sugar than the leading national brand. In fact, it's 100 fewer calories per bottle than the competition. But I tell you what, you would never guess that by tasting it. Instead, guess what? You get all that same feel and flavor as your local coffee house. You don't even have to wait in those lines. Somebody mispronouncing your name, yelling it across the room, spelling it wrong on the side of the cup. Nope, no thanks. Go with Cafe Monster instead. I've had Cafe Monster. I like it. It's convenient. It's a grab-and-go product. When you're on your way out, I'm a busy guy. Sometimes I'm on my way out of the house. I don't have time to sit there and uh, boil a cup of water for my tea. Sometimes I don't have time to brew a thing. Just got to grab it. You got to go. Cafe Monster is very convenient. Cafe Monster, chill it down, shake it up, enjoy. Sometimes the smallest changes can have the biggest benefits. An easy change that your body will thank you for, switching to aluminum-free coconut deodorant from Kopari. Kopari's coconut deodorant, it's aluminum-free, it's vegan. It's also free of silicone, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, baking soda. So it's great for sensitive skin. I bet you like hearing it's free, all that stuff. I know I do. And I don't even know what all that stuff is, but I know I don't need to be rubbing it up under my arms. Kopari's deodorant fights odor with plant-based actives such as sage oil and coconut oil. doesn't leave behind a sticky white residue, just the sweet, subtle scent. Fresh coconut milk, and it outlasts your longest days. This is Kopari's number one selling product. They can barely keep it in stock. They also offer a deodorant subscription. This is one of the smartest things I've ever heard of. Choose how often you want to receive it. They ship it to you automatically for free. That way you don't run out of deodorant again. We all have had those days. You run into the drugstore because you realize you forgot to buy it up. I have some in my medicine cabinet right now. We got it, my wife and I. We actually said, who's gonna, who, who is the one who gets to even access this? Because I tell you what, it's a unisex product. It's good for guys and girls. And uh, we both like it. Both really, really enjoy it. Go to koparibeauty.com slash beautiful to make the safe switch today and save $5 off your first order when you subscribe. That's Kopari, K-O-P-A-R-I, beauty.com slash beautiful. Koparibeauty.com slash beautiful. Thanks to all of our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call. That being said, if you're a Nazi, yeah, Maybe you need to get knocked in the fucking head a little bit. But I don't know if that needs to be the political rallying cause that we all gleefully gloat over. I also don't think that that brings anybody closer together or changes anything. Like everybody's still in their own camps afterwards. Exactly. I'm with you. Go the next day. I'm with you. But I mean, I'd be really encouraged to see like people having conversations again, being able to like have a viewpoint, but also listen yeah. So let's bring it back. I want to bring it back to your experience because it is such a okay. such a fascinating one. So again, sensitive questions, emotion in your voice, both when you left that voicemail two years ago and even today. As as so, I mean, how head spinning. So your sons have a Caucasian mom, a Kenyan father. Mm-hmm. They are. African-Americans and being raised in the experience of, of being in the American school system, in the American society. Neither one of their parents has had that total, complete experience, though. No. What do you say to them? What kind of questions do they have and what kind of answers do you have? Oh, that's a great question. 
you know, they're so little, and so I um, they're six, five, and three now, and so I think it was actually more recently when they started to even like take notice and like ask questions even. Um, <laughs> they they called me light brown. <laughs> Wait, and uh, why? They call, well, and then they call their dad um, dark brown and their medium brown. This is like all one um, continuum of brown. That is so cute. I know. And I never, like, I never would have thought, like, I wasn't the one who, um, you know, brought that concept up. They were the ones who initiated that, which I thought was a really interesting way of looking at it. If we just take all people in all of the world and, like, instead of categorizing them so definitively, um, where then there becomes separate groups, like, they're thinking about it, like, on a continuum and, like, everybody's right. in the same group, um, which I thought was, like, kind of pretty. <laughs> yeah. Um, they see mommy, so they I see daddy, that. they see themselves. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, my middle son, he, this was actually when he was pretty little, maybe he just turned four, and um, this was the first time. So he even mentioned something before the older one did, but he, I was changing the little one's diaper, and he ran into the room and he said, what color are you? And um, I didn't, there was no context, so I, I didn't know what he was asking. And he just, I, I was like, I'm not sure. And he was like, what, what color are you? And I was like, I don't know. And I said his name. Um, what color are you? Or what color do you think I am? And he was like, uh, I think you're the color of sunshine. And I was like, oh. And I was like, well, what color do you think you are? And he was like, I'm the color of moonlight. Wow. And I was like, oh, that is so beautiful. And then he was like, I love being brown. I'm brown just like a bear. <laughs> so I think, like, there's so much innocence. Yeah. Um, when they're at this, you know, this age and they haven't, like, experienced the world and all of its complexities. Yeah, yeah. And they get, I mean, although it sounds like your oldest one just had that experience on the bus where it's like, oh, but that naivete is gonna it's gonna go it's gonna get and shocked you know, out of the system at some point. And for the lot, like, um, there was a point in my older one. I think he's more like attuned and more sensitive to the differences because he really wanted to have blue eyes. He has brown eyes, but he really wanted to have blue eyes, and he um, wanted to get makeup. And I, he kept asking for makeup, and I couldn't understand <laughs> why. Why did he want makeup? But then, like after like uh, months and months of like asking for makeup and wanting blue eyes and like the situation on the bus, like I put it together that he thought makeup could change his eyes from brown to blue, <laughs> and maybe that had to do with like what happened on the bus. Uh... And also, I think if you notice, like um, Disney, all the cartoons. Not very many like characters have brown eyes. Yeah. Right. Um, so he's starting to, he's getting. Sounds like between pop culture and some of the things that he's heard on the bus, he's getting to the point where he's maybe just starting to sort out that yeah. he's different, and that maybe yeah. that that must be that must be a real real. 
unique and and at times hard thing to see as a mom. Yeah. I really like I I just try and reinforce like how beautiful and like how unique and how lovely like all of they are and I don't know, the more you say it I think the more yeah of an opportunity they have to hear it. Yeah. That's one fear but like big, biggest fear I have is like they're going to get hurt. <laughs> well yeah, let's talk about that. I've been I've been uh, nervous about bringing it up like so what do you mean by that and and and, uh how what's how do you even think to strategize towards that as a mom i don't know i um i've been worried for a long time so like i don't know i was like at a fair and um the county sheriff was there and so i asked him like oh is there any like community things that you guys do where you invite the community out because i really want them to know my kids by name and know that i'm their mom (laughs) And, like, so if they run into them when they're teenagers, they can be like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so, and that's their mom. Like, okay, let's approach this differently than, like, if you have no idea who they are. Um, and so I was like, well, maybe now what I can do is, like, try and um, create those relationships now when they're little. And so, like, the police will know that, and they'll know the police, and there won't be, like, this huge Jeez. chasm between them. But the sheriff guy said there's no such thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, can we create something? And he was like, uh, he basically said, no. Wow. <laughs> he said, like, talk to the secretary, but we don't have it in the budget. And I was like, okay. That's so eye-opening, man. That is so eye-opening. Because I think for my experience, it's like, you know, like when I was a, when I was a five, six-year-old, it was like, He's like, who are the poli-? like? What the policeman is just like? That's another guy from Mister Rogers' Neighborhood or from the children's book, and that's the guy who protects you. And there's a lot of people who have very, very strong opinions on this, but the fact that at the ages of uh, six, five, and three, you're already trying to figure out, can I just like get my kids known in the community and amongst the law enforcement? That that is what a weird thing to have to think about, and what a weird thing to have to try and do. They, we were like. Um driving and the police were like there was a police car behind us and one of them noticed and they're like go faster like we have to get away and i was like oh <laughs> no was this just like a kid's game instinct was this just like yeah i don't know why they they thought it was like maybe police and robert you know like that chase scene kind of thing yeah and i was like oh no that's not how you interact with them oh, you gosh. do whatever they say that's terrifying <laughs> That's do terrifying. whatever. I'm just trying to drill into them, like they're good people. Like do whatever they say. Be respectful. Right. Don't say anything. Have them call your mom. <laughs> no, this is a very eye-opening thing. It's a very eye-opening thing because I think a lot of you know there are there are people who are who who because it, it sounds like me and you have some very common ways we like to think about stuff and and and, and politically and it's like there there are people who will say you know cops are bad and to be feared and there's other people that go no uh all, all this stuff is justified this is overreactionary and all this stuff but it just sounds like just on a very basic human level you as a mom like you could go yeah police are great 99% of the time but i as a mom also have to prepare my kid 
my kids for the fact that they, God forbid, they meet the one person who's not. They, exactly. They got to be prepared. Exactly how I feel. That's the thing that gets me so, yeah. when I hear people who just start, again, like you were saying, I totally agree with you, living on the extremes, bad yeah. news, bad news. Yeah, and when you live on the extremes, there's no opportunity for like nuance, nothing is like, I feel like now everything we, we put like in right and wrong and black and white and left and right, like, but there's all of these kind of conversations, there's so much nuance to be had. Where, like, when you can find the nuances of these large, like, overwhelming prop, like, issues that we have, that, that's where we are going to find commonalities and, like, be able to, like, work towards some shared goals, I think. But, like, if we always just are, like, way over here and way over there, there's nowhere to, there's nowhere to go from there. Yeah. And I'm sure, it would, I'm so happy I get to talk to you, even, even though it is, it is, it's like, I hear the pain in your voice. It makes me stressed out thinking about the state of things and, and where we're at. But I'm so happy to talk to you because it's such a good reminder of that to me too. Of like, yeah, like, yeah, you don't want your kids growing up in fear of every police officer. There's going to be times in their ni- lives where they need police officers. And you also, I'm sure, don't want to listen to people who just go, there's nothing to fear from anybody who's ever gotten hurt by a cop, deserved it, and got themselves in trouble. Somewhere. It's like, no. Can we just remember that there's three kids here and you don't want to train them to live in fear, but you'd also be an idiot to not say, hey, let's think about how to handle situations. Like you have to, like, it's not, that's the thing that, that's the thing that I'm coming to get so exhausted by. I wouldn't even say I'm so exhausted by the Facebook culture and the Twitter culture of how we talk about this stuff now, because it's pick a side, stick with that side, defend that side never actually entertain the opinions or thoughts of anyone who's not on your side already. And it leads to these things. Or it's, I, I've been hesitant to use this phrase because it's a, a phrase and I'm, I, I don't want it to come off like I'm making light of uh, your family anyway, but it, it's, we, pre- we, we pretend that there's so many things right now that we pretend are black and white issues, pick a side, but there's no such thing. <laughs> it's not black and white issues. It's not a thing. No, I don't agree with that. I, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, I think, like, the opportunity lies with us because this, like, we're having this, like, we, like, I wish I was more bold and, like, would have these conversations with more people who, um, you know, and, and just try and, like, talk about it because if you if I'm not willing to, like, put myself out there, then I don't think anybody's going to know how I feel, but it's so scary. <laughs> Yeah, and I get it. Especially like when I feel like all the signs around my area are. I'm like, okay, well, pretty particular about who they believe in. Even my neighbor came over. Mind you, I grew. I'm living in the same area that I grew up, like lived all my life in. So the neighbor that like I was best friends with her child, her kid, like we were best friends, came over on over the weekend. And someone had damaged her political sign in her yard. And she decided she was going to, like, canvas the whole neighborhood. Um, but she started the conversation with, like, these are terrible times that we are living in, that someone thinks that, they, that that's appropriate and they can touch my personal property. What kind of um, 
mentality do those folks have? And I, that, I feel like that's like the complete opposite approach to like how, how to change that. Like I, it's that kind of thinking that gets us to where people are <laughs> destroying signs, uh, but on both ends of it. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. No, I, I do know what you mean. I was just like, yeah, it's a terrible time. Uh, yep. And I didn't say like what I believe or that it takes everybody to work together. I didn't say anything. I just said, yep, yeah, it's a terrible time and took the flyer. <laughs> I know what you mean. But, it's kind of like, it's like, it, it's, it is a little bit right now. Like the climate of the times is like, I have signs that throw my political opinions in the face of random passerby. Who are they to tear them down? And it's like, can't we see that both people would view the other one as the one who's living in the extreme? It, it's it's a very. Is there any? Is there any world anymore where we talk or we just talk? I feel very lucky that I have made my professional life very much about talking and connecting with people because I'm desperate for it. I'm desperate for it. Yeah. I really am. I really am. I think it makes everything better. Like, that's what's going to make the world better is, like, people connecting and creating relationships and, yeah. No, um, I, I don't want to put you in the spot. Uh-oh. No, this might. I apologize <laughs> ahead of time. And it might be a thing that you just go, I don't even know how to answer that. And if that's the case, that's okay. But just food for thought. There's probably people listening right now who are thinking about you and the situation you're describing. How you're parenting in a pretty unique set of circumstances in a certain place, in a certain era of time, and it's adding massive stress to your life. There's probably people who are sitting there going, so what? So she's raising three kids who are, who are half black. She's overreacting. There's probably people thinking that. If they are, what would you say to them? I guess I wouldn't know what to say because, like, I, you know, six years ago before I had my sons, I, w- I, I guess I, I wouldn't have said anything negative about a person who was reacting the way that I'm reacting, but um, I, I, like, it's real. Like, it's just the, my day-to-day life is just wor- about worry, <laughs> to be honest, and making sure that I raise, you know, smart, um, safe, strong men but how do how does one do that that's all in these kind of condi- like situations yeah i don't think i answered that very well no it's a confusing <laughs> question it's not fair oh. that you got to think about this you're just a mom trying to do right by your kids I'm trying to I'm trying to make you answer the great philosophical philosophical questions facing literally our entirety of american society today that's on me that's not on you but i think like at a certain point like do you have I don't feel like you need to have um, a black son or a brown son or a son who's not white to be have empathy of and like course. imagine if it's your own like yes. your own situation and like sometimes that's what frustrates me because I'm like well you have to create these relationships when when people have these relationships and they feel more connected and understand more um, but then on my other my other side I'm like they have like. They can have empathy, like yeah, yeah. It's possible to like care about something that you're not directly related to, just because you you can see how it's affecting them. Yeah, that's one. You know, one but, thing that I've realized as I get older is like, and especially because of this show, and I get to talk to all these people. It's like 
just because, just because, how would I phrase it? Like, there are certain questions that you probably have to ask yourself as a mom that other people don't. Like, if I have kids, I, I won't have to ask all those same questions. But just because I don't have to doesn't mean I shouldn't. Like, I can still take mm-hmm. the time to consider it. I can still take the time to go, well, just because I don't have to deal with it doesn't mean that I shouldn't want to deal with it. It's still something to be dealt with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you said, if it's not our direct experience, we tend to close it out. And I wish that that was not the case. I guess since this is going to be like on Tuesday, like if you can vote, please vote. Oh, Because I think like... (laughs) Gotta vote. Oh yeah, it is Tuesday. You can vote. If you're listening to this on the day that it was released, go vote after you're done listening. And you know what? I messed up, didn't I? This momentum is off. Yeah, we might as well do some commercials now, if that's the case. Check out what these advertisers have to offer. And guess what? There's a lot of promo codes in there. So go ahead and uh, use those. Helps the show when you do. We get back. This call gets a lot more personal. Gets a lot more uh, deep breath. You're going to enjoy it. Come back right after this. I've been in a position where I need to hire people for jobs. How do you know where to go? How do you know how to find the right people? How do you sort through all the madness of this world? Billions of people on this earth. How do you find the one that's built for you? Well, guess what? There's job sites that send you tons of the wrong resumes to sort through or make you wait for the right candidates to apply to your job. It's not smart. You know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. No more sorting through the wrong resumes. No more waiting for the right candidates to apply. That's why ZipRecruiter's rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. ZipRecruiter.com slash beautiful. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Thanks again to all of our advertisers. Now let's finish off the phone call. I guess since this is going to be like on Tuesday, like if you can vote, please vote. Oh, because I think like (laughs) sometimes like we um, like I like this would be I personally never voted in the term election. I always used to only vote (laughs) presidential elections, but um, I think that one way to like bridge the gap um, between the people who aren't really saying much, you know, who are in the middle between the far left and the far right. Like, the one thing we can do without too much personal uh, risk is vote. <laughs> yeah. And so You kind of have to. Yeah, now's the time. I would also say this, too. I would echo you, big proponent of voting. I hope everybody gets out there and does that. I'll also say this. If you don't vote, and then you still want to go and rant and rave and say crazy shit, especially online, not interested. Nope. Not interested in it. I am not interested in reading any more crazy political shit 
on social platforms that are unregulated and where if you don't like it, I'll just block you. Nope, done with that. Done with that whole style. And if you don't vote in particular, how about you get the fuck out of my face? How about that? Because all you want to do is cause trouble and scream and yell. How about that? I just don't think that social media is like the right platform to have political discussions because nobody is ha- like nobody's listening. Everybody just wants their opinion to be heard, and like yeah. I don't think that that creates much. Um, I'm with opportunity you. for change. So Everybody just picks just their point. Having this... to hear themselves, like for them to be able to read it back. Yeah, and so that people themselves. who already like what they have to say can literally just click a button that says like, and then they can act like they did yeah. some good, and it didn't do a thing. It doesn't do anything. This is a little button. You scroll through it while you're sitting on the john in the morning, and you're like, oh yeah, I really did some good. It's like, no, we have been tricked. We have been tricked. Now, yeah. we talked a lot about the stress yeah. and the politics, and I'm glad. I do want to just say. You got a six-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old. I do. That's adorable and hilarious and I'm sure exhausting. What's the cutest shit these kids do? It must be cool to see brothers of that, that close in age. You got like a little, you got like a little uh, handful of guys <laughs> running through this world together, figuring shit out. What's, what's their relationships like? Tell me some cute shit about your cute kids. They are pretty cute. Um, I bet. The, the older two, they're, like, exactly one year apart, so they're very close. Yeah. And they kind of collectively, when the, the third one came, decided not to not to like him as much. So <laughs> they, they would, like, when he was just starting to walk, the little one was just starting to walk, they would collectively, like, decide to go on the top bunk together and, like, play or shut the door and like the little Ooh. one couldn't figure out how to open the door, and you would just see the baby like out, like pounding on the door, like open door, open door. Oh. <laughs> and they just collectively decided, like you know what, I think we're good with this. Do you talk to them about that? Are you ever like, hey, you two? Yeah. And they're just yeah, not interested. This is when he was a little bit younger. So now that he can talk and play and doesn't destroy, you know, everything, they're coming around. They're coming. Around. That's good. Did you have a moment of fear where you're looking at this little one going, oh, this is interesting. Here's the thing you're just going to deal with your whole life, and I'm seeing it now. Oh, oh my gosh. Weird. When I had the first two in a different state, so they, they do it a little bit differently than where I am now. When I have the third one, they, they like, just, you have the baby, and they bring it right to you. Where, in, where I was before, they, you know, would clean him up but I guess before you would see him so I was playing there I had a C-section and um, they brought the, my, my little son to me and I was like oh god what did I do he looked so crazy like different color so wrinkly like the just like an alien uh, and I was like shoot I should have stopped up too I had two good ones they are perfect this one oh shit I was like the craziest feeling because I'm like, oh no, what did I do? So even but, you, your whole family collectively, when the third one came along, was like, eh, what's your deal? What's your deal? <laughs> Everyone. But when, once he got cleaned up <laughs> to like a regular, uh, you know, baby, I was like, okay, here we go. Here's the thing That's I love funny. knowing. Here's the thing I love knowing is that like you just gave that moment. You had this very specific moment where you went, so once they uh, uh, clean them uh, up, 
Like that uh, 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 moment is the thing that everyone out there who is a mom, who is everyone who's delivered a baby knows that I don't know yet, where that denotes to me some crazy thing about the childbirth process that I heard in that pause. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, quite interesting. Yeah, I can imagine. And then they clean them up and you're like, oh, you're cute too. Welcome. Okay. Welcome, little one. Good to work with you. <laughs> It was funny. You know, the first one's named after um, my dad, and the second one's named after my husband. So I guess we're still married, but separated. But so complicated. Um, His dad. And the third one, we didn't have, like, he was unexpected. We didn't have any plans. Like, we didn't talk about his name at all. We were, like, sitting in our hospital, like, uh, what should we call him? Because the first, the first two we are we had a plan from the beginning, like that one's that one, that one's that one. Right, right. But the little one, we were like ready to leave the hospital, and they're like, "Oh, you can't leave until you fill in the first seat." <laughs> See, <laughs> this, this poor li- this runt of the litter, he, he really uh, he got the short end of the stick. You guys, you hadn't even thought about it. No, no. No, but I think we chose a good name in the end, so. That's good. That's good. Hopefully he likes it. <laughs> and now he's up and running around and talking and acting like a human being in his own right. He'll be fine. I know. He'll be fine. It's kind of crazy. Um, I guess one other interesting thing about us is um, my middle son has autism. Oh, wow. And um, that's very interesting. It adds like another layer of complexity. I never know what to do. <laughs> right, right, right. That's another and I, I another thing that I would imagine as a parent is just difficult to navigate at times, especially dealing with yeah. schools and deal. Another element of diversity to deal with. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of interesting how they operate, kind of on a similar like. How open do we talk about it? Do I initiate the conversation? Right. Are we all gonna just call what it is, or what is the right thing? Like, what is the right thing to do? Right. And I know, I know that uh, I am becoming more and more aware as I get older that there's this idea of a spectrum, and that you can fall. In it. it can affect yeah. some people's lives to a great degree. It can affect some to much mm-hmm. less. Is your is your son um, is he in like a see is he in a classroom with kids who don't have autism? Does he is he in programs for yeah, people that question. do? And I pardon um, any ignorance that I bring up. I am as ignorant as you. <laughs> I guess we can be ignorant together. Um, he so my first son he wasn't like he was trying to speak when he was three, but like you couldn't understand any words that he was saying. Um, so I brought him to like the school district to get like speech testing. And so he started speech therapy and everything's good. But like early intervention was like key. So when my, when the middle one turned three and the words that he did say, I could understand like clear as day. But then when I would ask him, like, do you want milk or juice? He would just scream. Mm-hmm. But I knew that he knew the words. So I was like, what is going on here? So that was my first, like, oh, I think something like, Going, like, going on. So I brought him to the school district, and I thought it was just, like, a speech thing. Like, the older one, but they wanted, like, more com- comprehensive testing, and that's when we found out that he, like, has autism. Um, 
but like he it's very specific in like how it presents for different people so like he's very into um like lining all of his animals like lining all those animals up from biggest to smallest or like putting all the red ones together all the green ones together all the blue ones together and mm-hmm. he's like very obsessed with animals but like if you were just having a conversation with him I don't think anybody could tell which makes it even sometimes more difficult because there's certain behaviors that he you know has that I know why he's doing it but like say we go to the gym and like the daycare at the gym they don't they can't understand why or like the reason and like do I say like oh he has autism or like do I not say anything there's one time I, I um they came they called me like this when he's much younger called me to pick him up and he was like running around the room in a circle like screaming and he wouldn't come with me and they're like looking at me like what the heck <laughs> and it was one that we didn't a gym where we didn't usually go to so that was like what was causing him a lot of like I guess anxiety and like creating the behavior um but we were both all just like i didn't know what to say <laughs> or like do you say anything i don't know i, I feel like that's a theme in this call <laughs> well it is isn't it it is isn't it because when you left your voicemail it was about the state of the larger world but i think what's so beautiful about you and what i'm really so blown away by but talking about you is like you think about the world and like we all say, we have our opinions and there's things that stress us and all these big issues. But at the end of the day, we're just regular people trying to get by and trying to love our families, trying to figure out the best steps to take for them. And it's kind of like how, I feel like that's one of the central questions of 2018 that doesn't get asked so much is like, how do you just be a regular person in a world that's feeling this weird? That's yeah. something that I think we can all agree on. This feels, I don't care which end of the political spectrum you're on. I don't care what believes you. It, this feels weird. It feels off. It feels foundationless. And how do you just be a regular person inside of that? So what do we do about that, though? <laughs> I don't know. I think me and you just got to chat and vent for a little bit and then hope that that helps us get through another day. Feeling like at least one goddamn person in this world is willing to slow down and actually talk. And listen, I feel like listening is like really the key. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It is, isn't it? That's one of the main, from my many days doing improv back in the day, and I haven't done improv in many years, but that's one of the things I always took away from it. One of the things that makes people good at it, you have to just want to listen more than you have to want to talk. And thank God that I spent my whole 20s inundated in that idea of I'd rather listen than talk. Well, I, I think that goes a long way. If, yeah. I have, if I have a day where I'm 51% talking instead of 51% listening, I feel like I'm probably fucking up, you know? Yeah. I wish more people felt like that. Yeah, me too. But not everybody is as kind as the community that surrounds Beautiful Anonymous. And thank God for them. Thank God for them. There's others out there. So true. So uh, where where are we at? Where are our heads at? What can The last election freaked you out so much. The next one's happening within the next week. What, I know. I'm wondering when, how am I going to spend it? 
what are the things that can happen that will help you let out a deep breath? Or are there any at this point politically? That's a great question. Thank you so much. I try my best. Um, I don't know. I don't even know if like what happens on, on Tuesday is going to make like a difference in like my day to day life. You know, because, like, mm-hmm. the people I live with in the community, like, they all, they're not changing on election day. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. But, <laughs> I don't know. I think, like, if there is a little bit more diversity in terms of who controls what, maybe those in the middle um, wouldn't have to be as fearful. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, at least there could be a little bit more... Um, balance yeah yeah i'm pretty certain on this i should know this i think this is a fact barack obama is half kenyan correct kenya is where his is look at that he's actually like his dad is from the same group that my husband is or my dad now i'm like what am i called uh they're from the same like group. Wow! I told my oldest like, you know, you could be president one day. He was like, "What?" It's a fucking cool he thing. actually he came home one time and said, "Why is Trump a bad man?" <laughs> <laughs> Who told you this? <laughs> I couldn't get a straight answer, but you know, they're very like not. They don't know what's going on. I thought it was interesting that. Or was he, he was he like, no, I'm, is he like, no, I'm six and I'm just learning to read. And even reading eight <laughs> words about him, I am quite concerned. I would manage to read eight different words that came out of his mouth. And all of them freaked me out and made me terrified. Um, yeah, no, I don't know where he heard that from, but, um, oh yeah, that he can be president. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, I don't know, I had this long conversation with him, like, before bed, and he woke up the next day, and he was like, so, do I have to be president? <laughs> like, I want to be a ninja. That's <laughs> cool, too, dude. I, mean, I was like, okay, well, we can compromise. Another time we were having conversations about future careers, he, like, really is into, um, you know, weapons and ninjas and karate and that kind of thing. And I was like, you know, there's a job that creates those, that designs those, and that, that's called an engineer. And you could, you could, that could be your job. <laughs> and he was like, really? Because like previous to that, he wanted to be a gymnastics coach. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. The world and then is he was oyster. like, okay. I was like, <laughs> he was like, okay. So I will be an engineer on Monday. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and I will be a gymnastics coach on Tuesdays. Damn. And I was like... He's taking Saturday okay. off, huh? Lazy. <laughs> I was like, all right, I can work with four days of engineering. There you go. There you go. And then gymnast, at least you'll know you'll be physically fit. Two-thirds engineer, right? one-third gymnastics coach. I like that ratio. <laughs> I don't know why, where he got, like, he's very into gymnastics. That's awesome. Does he do? Do you take him to gymnastics classes? No. It's time to start. Kill it. When I, 
listen. Great. Do you know how expensive genetic classes are? No, I don't. I've never looked up children. Surprisingly enough, as a 38-year-old man with no children, I've never Googled the cost of children's gymnastics classes. $100 per month per child. Ooh. And like, if I took the oldest one in, then the, the other ones, like, that's a huge commitment. Yeah, there you go. That's like, big... maybe... That's a chunk Maybe of you can practice in the backyard. It is. Now, we <laughs> only have we have like three and a half minutes left. There's been so much to talk about. I thank you for talking about all of it. It's, it's truly fascinating to hear you as a mom in your shoes sorting out the world. I will say, you've brought up a few times your situation with your ex and how you still think of him as your husband and, and you corrected yourself well, and you said yeah. it's a weird thing. I know in three minutes we can't deal with that. Just in general, are you feeling good? You feeling positive with where you're at? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, things are good. Things things are always good. Things are. Gonna... I feel like that's an internal thing that you can control. So. You feel like you're gonna land on your feet, though. I would argue that I already landed on my feet. Beautiful answer. What a beautiful <laughs> and answer. Moving in the right direction, and just trying to bring as many people along with me as I can. There you go. What a, what a fascinating answer that I wish I had time to ask follow-up questions about because the knowing giggles at certain points of that indicate to me that there are some real stories here that I did not do a good job of getting to. True or false? I, yeah, probably. Because I had like I didn't know we were going to spend that much time on the election. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. Um, maybe there's some people who are mad about that, but I also will just say to anybody listen, it's like, yeah, no, but it's on, it's a real thing and it's on our minds. And also, how can I not, you know, how can I not ask a mom of three sons, specific, specifically your three sons, to not just tell me what the deal is? Of course I got to ask. Of course. Also, I've listened to like every episode and I'm pretty sure I've been the most emotional it's up there. I'm a little bit worried. <laughs> it's up there. But she, hey. Yeah. But you know what? It's That's crazy. But you know what? You're sitting here talking about your kids. You're talking about your kid on a bus getting told you got to change what you look like and what your hair looks like. Yeah, you're going to get emotional. Fuck that. Anybody who's mad that you got emotional at that, they can come talk to me because that person needs to remember this is humanity as much as it is entertainment. And I will not abide by anybody getting mad about emotion. I get emotional all yeah. the time. I get emotional all the time. I knew I was going to cry, though. I told whoever I spoke to before <laughs> that I was going to probably cry. But There's Jared. Be kind. He probably said good because he's mean. No, he's not. He's the nicest um, guy. I just like that you guys think he's mean. The nicest human being I interact with on a regular basis. I'm sorry that you cried so much, but I, I will say I, I also thank you so much for uh, letting us know about where your head's at and your heart's at and how your family's doing and what it's like to raise your kids in this world today. It's really, it's pretty, I have to say, you seem like such a lovely and, and thoughtful and quiet person, but it's also, it's pretty uh, brave to put it all out there. Thank you. How much time do we have left? 31 seconds. Perfect. I guess, can I like, my... I just hope everybody's like more kind after you know today or Tuesday, whenever they hear this. Just in general, I hope people are just, just more. Love each other. Just be more kind in general. Just be more kind. Don't be a pushover, but also be more kind. 
I think it's great advice. A hundred percent. Caller, thanks so much for calling. I know that we got political, but I actually will say I applaud you for really reminding us of the personal side of all of these things that we have to think about. And you sound like a great mom. I wish I just said that explicitly during the call. My bet on that, because I think it's true. sound like a really good, thoughtful human being. And a good, thoughtful mom. Thanks for calling. Get out there and vote, everybody. It is very important that you do so. I don't care who you're voting for, but you better vote before you start yelling about stuff. Vote. Thanks, Jared O'Connell. Thanks, Harry Nelson. You guys are the ones who carry this show. Thanks, Justin Linville, for helping me out in all aspects of my life. Shell Shag with the music, really great. They have a new song on the uh, beautiful follow-up series, stitcherpremium.com slash stories, promo code stories, free month off. Do not forget, live dates, including tomorrow night's show, sponsored by Team Coco in New York City, chrisgeth.com. Go to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, subscribe. It really helps when you do. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.